Welcome back to the Marvel Movie Minute, a daily podcast in which we dig in deep to analyze the films of the Marvel Cinematic Universe one minute at a time. I'm Andy Nelson from The Next Reel. We are back talking about Jon Favreau's 2008 film Iron Man. And joining me again today, we have Liz Whitaker from the Mean Girls Minute. Hey, Liz. Hi. Glad to be back. Back for another round with Iron Man in the cave. Some more cave stomping. Yes, indeed. We are, of course, looking at Iron Man Minute 37. This minute starts with Iron Man Mark I heading into battle through the cave tunnels, and it ends with Iron Man's arm denting someone's face and getting stuck in a wall. This is a big action minute. Lots of stuff going on here. Yes, it's... uh. Well, like I said, most a lot of cave stomping in more ways than one. <laughs> <laughs> I love how when he's walking down the hallway, I mean, we finished that hero pose that we were talking about uh, in yesterday's minute. But then he starts, as you said, stomping down the hallway and the music track just like hits with the foot stomps so nicely as he's just pounding down the hallway toward these guys. It's a really energetic and exciting way to kind of get this Mark I Iron Man moving and kind of propelling this action scene forward. Yeah. And I like that we get some of the shots are from the point of view of his knee, basically. So we get to see some more details of the lower legs of the suit. Yeah. Which is not something that usually gets a lot of focus because, I mean, obviously, you're usually looking at the face of a character. And that's where most of the fighting action's happening. But I love that you get to see sort of the shin guards and how... The iron's molded to go over the foot or the boot of the suit. And it's little de- It's just little details like that that I love because they've model- he's modeled it after real armor. That's something that I, I think they did a really great job taking kind of the original drawings from the comic of his Mark I suit, but making them feel real. And you're right. The way that you see the weld lines um, kind mm-hmm. of all all around the different parts and everything and how it feels like a lot of pieces just kind of stuck together in order to make the suit work. Because, I mean, you know, the way that they sell this to us is is he is, is pretending to make a, a Jericho missile for these terrorists, but instead he's actually doing this. So it's all from like parts of random missiles and other bits of machinery and, and uh and pieces from Stark weaponry that they have supplied to him. And that's kind of what he and Yinsen did is just build this thing from scratch. Pretty much. It's, it's a really interesting way to do it. And, and you're right. That shot that we get is he's walking down the hallway where you see, and granted it's dark, but you still get some really great shots of just those little bits and pieces moving around his knees and his arms and, it just it gives you this really great sense that this is kind of this man-made thing, but it's kind of a tank. Yeah. And the way it's done is sort of a patchwork lends credibility to the fact that it, it was put together in a cave. Right. <laughs> we have at least three guards get killed by him. I'm assuming they get killed. He's smashing their faces and, and hitting them very hard. So if they're not dead, they're they're very badly injured in a cave in the middle of nowhere. So they might as well be dead. (laughs) Prognosis, not great. (laughs) Not great at all. Uh, I haven't seen any uh, medical terrorists running around. So I'm (laughs) guessing that these ones are not going (laughs) to... not going to be able to uh, get out of this. Uh, The first one gets his face smashed um, after he uh, runs at him. This is a really interesting moment. And I, I kind of like it a lot because we have a lot of interesting camera work as this first guy gets uh, taken down. First of all, we get what looks like a 
GoPro mounted to the side of his submachine gun as he's running toward Iron Man down the hallway. There's a oh, number yeah. of shots where it's like the camera is stuck on the side of the on the gun. And I'm like, what an odd position for the camera. But it gives a real energy to the shot. I like it quite a bit. And then we get shots where we're behind him as he's running. And that's when he just gets taken out right away very quickly. The second guy who comes up running toward Iron Man, we actually get his POV as he's running right at Iron Man. And we see Iron Man's fist coming right at him as he's then thrown quite a distance away, just like Tom Morello in the last minute. That's the one that as I watched it, it looks like Iron Man hits him right in the face and he goes hurling back, you know, a good, I don't know, 10 feet or so. But he still screams after he's hit as he's flying through the air. I'm like, I don't know if he'd actually be capable of screaming anymore. <laughs> the way that he was struck, I feel like that would pretty much end him. You know, maybe it was just the continued air escaping his body. And it, w- it didn't require any sort of brain function. <laughs> but that's right. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> A scream once started will continue until the air is cut off. I don't know. <laughs> but that's that's one of those screams that it, it feels like the Wilhelm scream that is yeah. so commonly used in films. Like we get that great scream as that guard is flung back here. It makes me wonder if that's the Wilhelm scream that they threw in here. I like that in this minute, we get a really good view of the uh, pilot lights on Tony's arm fire cannon things <laughs> right his little yeah he's, he's just yeah. got he's just got little flames already flaring so that when yep. he's ready to use it he's the pilot's already lit right and we don't get to see that come into use yet but it does give a great look as he's walking down the hallway you just see the little flames kind of curling out from under his just arms. an extra level of terror because now you know when you get punched in the face you're also going to get burned in the face exactly like the third guy who comes running up at him and he does that well it's more of the backhand though he kind of he backhands the guy and the guy flips over uh, but still it's like right where the pilot light is oh you know? and the, so this this freeze frame at the very end of the scene i think maybe addresses something from yesterday it looks like when Tony's going to hit someone, he actually pulls his hand up into the the suit. Oh, it does kind of look like that, doesn't it? Yeah, like he can fold, he can curl his hand up, and so he's only hitting with the suit. Interesting. That's a, that's a pretty clever design then. So, he, yeah, because it does. It looks like he just kind of tucks his hand all the way in there. So if he's hitting with his arm, it's going to be hitting with just that, that kind of hollow end point of the, uh, the arm piece there. Which still sounds pretty painful. It almost sounds worse. Yeah, it feels like a <laughs> like it would almost cookie cutter you. Right, exactly. <laughs> right. It's he just needs a, a little shape on the end, and he can make Christmas cookies with it too. <laughs> this is a really sad moment for some of these guards because it's that classic moment where four of them make it through oh. the doors and shut the door on the one guy who doesn't quite run fast enough. Yeah, you, I I always feel bad for the person left on the wrong side of the door, no matter what side they're on, what movie it's in. <laughs> it's just, you always feel for the one left behind. Because you know it's never going to end Not well. Not going to end well. Never, no. ever. 
No. It does make me wonder, though, why do these four guards stay on the other side? I mean, if they shut why the door and lock it. Running? Yeah, exactly. You're trying to get away from this crazy thing. Why stand there? You know, I would take off. I mean, the one guy finally gets it. And, he, uh, you know, as the door's getting pounded, he starts taking off. But still, I mean, the rest of them don't go fast enough. One of them gets the door, like, it lands on top of him. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure if that's what I was seeing, but I thought that's what I saw. <laughs> Yeah, it looks digital. It doesn't look quite as clean as some of the other effects work, but it looks like he certainly gets knocked down to the ground by a giant digital door. Yeah, I I just, if you're pretty sure that this steel door is going to hold this giant metal monster, why are you still standing there pointing your guns at it? Right, right. If you're not sure it's going to hold, why are you still standing there pointing your guns at it? It's just nonsense. These these poor guys. It's frustrating. I, I really scoured through all the different utility stunt players trying to figure out who these four were. And for the life of me, I could not pinpoint them, which is frustrating because their faces are so clean and it's easy to tell for the most part who they are. But I found one website that referenced one of them is Brian Simpson. But when I looked at Brian Simpson on IMDb, he totally doesn't look the same. So I'm pretty sure it's not... <laughs> Brian Simpson. Brian, if you're listening, uh, you'll have to let us know if that is you or not. (laughs) But aside from the characters, I did want to comment on this cave. This is the cave set that we're filming in. But as Tony's marching through these hallways, I just kept going, if this is supposed to be a cave in the mountains in Afghanistan, this is a really nice floor. Like, I've been in caves. I've never (laughs) seen a cave with a floor as perfectly smoothed out as this one is. This is a great floor for a cave. (laughs) Oh, yeah, it really is. It's like, were these caves originally intended to be man-made, to be mountain pass tunnels, or... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, because in a natural cave, it would take a lot... it, It would take a lot of manpower to make a floor quite this perfect. It makes me think, to have a cave that's designed so perfectly for people to be moving around in... That they probably dynamited trying to get yeah. it to, to be something that they could work in. But still, I, I have a hard time buying that it's quite as smooth as all of this. I, I, it's, a, it's a very perfect, I mean, especially because the walls, I mean, they're very rocky still. And it makes me wonder exactly how they got the floor to be so nice. Hmm. But hey, maybe they've been living there for a long time and they've had time to force their prisoners to chip away at the floors. They just stomp around a lot and they've smoothed it out that way. You know who would stomp it and make it feel pretty smooth is Iron Man. That suit is a good rock star. It would be. I bet he would does a great job. <laughs> yeah. Can I get him to come level out my driveway? That'd be great. Well, you don't want him to hit it like he is hitting the door because, man, he sure dents the just the hell out of that thing. That thing is uh, it's it's amazing to see what he does to that door it's it's quite a lot of pounding and i feel really bad for the guy who's between him and the door because we know that first hit is the yeah guy. he doesn't not... move the guy <laughs> no mm. he doesn't we just hear that thud and it's like yeah yep that was him yeah and obviously he's on the ground because when he does knock the doors open there's no sign of that guy anymore just uh just iron man yeesh yeah that Thank was goodness. That, that poor guy at the door <laughs> it was not a good day for him There are a few shots throughout this where I think it's pretty cool where you can actually see Tony's eyes like through the mask. They're really creepy, creepy shots. Yeah, this like all of the stuff that we're watching in this cave as he's like taking him down. This is like if it wasn't in this movie, it's total horror movie fodder. 
if, if we didn't know that this was the hero of the movie, <laughs> we would be terrified right now. Yeah, this is this is scary stuff. I feel really bad for these guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he is definitely a monster in, in these cave scenes. Yeah, right. I mean, we're on his side because he's monstering for the right team, but right. he he's definitely, I mean, the way he is taking people out and just the way he looks is, he's pretty scary. It is. It really is scary. If it wasn't for the music, which gave him a little bit more of that, you know, the superhero anthemic sort of feel, I mean, you take a track from The Descent or something and you put some horror movie music in here and it would totally, <laughs> it would totally be uh, just a creep fest. I can only imagine. Now, we do have in the script, we're going to find out what Raza's up to in a little bit. Not in this minute, but later as we talk this week. But in the script, they actually do have some cutaways to Raza, which I, I thought was pretty interesting. But I'm, I, I feel like it works a lot better the way that they ended up kind of creating it here. Because I, I feel like the cutaways to Raza at this point just would have been unnecessary and would have pulled us away from the action. We do see yeah. we cut to his control room. He realizes what's going on. And it says Raza strapping on his flak vest, grabbing an RPG launcher. And uh, we actually will see that in another minute when he's grabbing the RPG launcher. But I don't think we needed that at all. Like the way that the scene works, it really is just moving us forward the way it needs to go. I, yeah, I don't think we want to leave the the action in this minute. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think any pause in action should just be because Tony's finding his next victim. <laughs> his next victim. <laughs> It is a horror movie. It really, it really is. Uh, yeah. You're in a dark, creepy cave. You've got a giant metal monster who is essentially hunting people and taking them out in not always the most pleasant way. And I mean, even the way when the guy that gets stuck on the wrong side of the door is beating on the door and you see the light grow as Tony gets closer. It, it's just a, it's chilling. Yeah, because right, because you're seeing through the crack because the door, it's not a it's a cave door. You got a crack between the two, uh, the two doors. So you can see through it a little bit and it's riddled with bullet holes. So you can see a lot of little light dancing through there. And it does give you a really terrifying sense of what's to come. Yes. Plus the pounding. <laughs> yeah, it, it just all co combines. The way that the door dents is uh, is pretty dramatic. It does make me wonder what they do for that. And I feel like I've seen something about that um, where it's some sort of a tool that actually, it, you know, it's it, I can't remember what it is, but it's something, you know, that thing in No Country for Old Men, that kind of the little uh, air pressure thing that what's his name would use to kill people. Uh, it's like I'm the... I'm the worst movie podcaster in the world because I've only seen like 30 movies. <laughs> uh, well, at least this was one of them. So I count myself lucky. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's predominantly, it's like franchise movies. Well, in No Country for Old Men, Anton Chigurh uses this, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like a, it's a tool that people at, you know, when they're killing cows, basically. They put it up against the side of their head, and it's an air pressure bolt that kind of shoots through their head and then retracts. But that way, you're not like wasting bullets. And that's what they would use to kill cattle cleanly, I guess you could say. And he goes around killing people with this 
tool. And it's super creepy the way that he does it in there. But the way that he is, or the way that the door is getting hit, that's the one thing, like, if I, when I look at it over and over again, it's very specific the way it's getting hit. And it doesn't quite strike like you think, like, Iron Man's arm would be hitting. It's very pinpoint accurate the way the hits come in the door. Like the first one that hits when the guard goes, it's, it's, you can see kind of the, just the very specific center dent in that door. And then the two hits on the other door when they hit are a very, like pinpoint you get kind of it's it's almost like a ballpoint thing that kind of hits the door right oh you don't think he's using the guy as a battering ram do you uh, no i wasn't suggesting that that's a, a horrifying image i i guess what i'm saying is it feels like we're looking at the tool that the props team and the effects team yeah. would use to dent the door rather than something that logically would feel like part of tony's armor denting the door yeah because those those impressions that it makes or the indentations are definitely they're too small to be his wrist the wrist openings of his his, his cookie cutters Because they're the size it would be if he was using his actual fist or even smaller i mean they're really small little okay maybe the size of my fist (laughs) (laughs) a girl fist Uh, fist, right uh right and so they're little tiny uh, little tiny things. I don't know. I guess it just makes me wonder what they were really using to do that because it doesn't quite work with Tony's armor, but that's okay. I still love it. It still is effective and does the job. He, it gets the door open. It gets the door open and that's really all we need. Get the monster out. <laughs> <laughs> and then what I love about the final moment of this minute is out of nowhere, we randomly have one more guy who thinks it's a good idea to charge Tony not only does he get the fist in his face, but then Tony also, we see how strong he is because his fist is embedded itself in the wall of the cave. Yes. And why do they just keep running at him? Uh, you know, <laughs> you think by this point they would have realized. Run the other direction. Yeah. So many people have died. Why am I doing the same thing by running at this guy? Ah, uh, Well, there's a reason they're living in a cave in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> I, I guess <laughs> that we'll their carousel is still in the cave. Yes, uh, maybe maybe this is the only way out. And this guy was not running at Tony. He's trying to run as fast <laughs> as he could to get past him. And he just got the unfortunate <laughs> clothesline. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, we'll we'll go with that. We'll assume that he's smarter than that. <laughs> he was trying. <laughs> he was trying. <sighs> Well, I don't have anything else uh, with this minute. What about you? I have said everything I need to. Fantastic. Well, Liz, uh, where can uh, guests find more about the show you're working on? You can find Mean Girls Minute on your podcatcher of choice. If you really want to just interact with the show, you can join the North Shore Burn Book on Facebook. It's our listeners group. That was the hardest part of launching the show. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to call the listeners group? Oh, no. (laughs) Yes, it is stressful. It is very stressful. (laughs) Well, that is it, everybody, for today's show. Thank you so much for tuning in. And uh, make sure you subscribe to the show for free at marvelmovieminute.com. Join us over in our Discord chat room and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at The Next Reel. And if you like what we do and you want to support us and get some cool stuff, become a patron over at patreon.com slash the next reel. Until next time, true believers. Yeah.